Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. We are back. It is me. It is Aaron. It is us. Joining me from sunny Southern California, it's Aaron Alvarado. Aaron, how are you doing, man? Uh, you know what? It is. It's it's good to be back. It's very hot here in Southern sunny Southern Ooh. California. Eighty-one degrees tomorrow. It's going to be eighty-eight. It was seventy-six so summer, up here. Man. Summer is coming, man. It is summer. Coming. It's heating up. They say it's winter is coming, but nah. Winter came and went. It's summer's coming. <laughs> Wait, it do you watch you, that? Do you, are you a fan of the Game of Thrones? What, oh, I thought that was Lord of the Rings. Is it? It's all the same. Same. It's exactly it the same. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, actually, I do watch it, and uh, yeah, I have this thing where like I uh, the show. Do you watch it? By the way, I feel like you don't watch. It. You don't watch it. Of course, you mm-hmm. don't. Gosh, I love that you don't watch it. I wish I were yeah. you sometimes. A lot of times. <laughs> Just to be able to just walk in the room and say, I don't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> Everybody talks about it. Everybody. It's, the they talk world. about yeah, it at it's work. It's the biggest show on television. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because, like, it's a huge epic of a show, right? I mean, this is like, you know, movie budget, you know, movie quality type of stuff. But uh, I, I feel like I am in the minority when I say that, like, half of the storylines, because there's so many going on at a given time, like, all these different loca- locales, half of the storylines are interesting and the other half are very uninteresting. And so it's uh, I will watch it because the good storylines are worth it. But, man, when you get stuck on a on an old Theon Greyjoy rabbit hole or uh, an episode, it's just like, please, so please don't do this. Like, you're just watching it for the dragons then? I'm in it for the dragons. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, I, I was in it for Sean Bean. I was like, I'm only in this for him. <laughs> that didn't last very long. So I was like, all right, I'm sticking around for uh, Aquaman, my man, Jason Momoa. Uh, also didn't make it out of the first season. <laughs> See, I know those characters because I watched the first season. I don't know yeah. any characters beyond that first season. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, you know, I, we got Christina here, Game of Thrones all day. <laughs> or see, maybe she's just saying God all day. Like she's got all day for right. us to get around to the actual content. That's what I like to hear. To Either way. <laughs> uh, you know what, Aaron? You would actually like some of Game of Thrones. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I, I just love your contrarian streaks here, and I think I can't I cannot it. be bothered when people love things. It actually makes me dislike them. Yeah, when people ask you like you know you know the red wedding like make a reference to red wedding, just roll your eyes and be like, my gosh, no these people. I know white wedding by Billy Idol. I know white wedding. But Billy Idol, yeah, who is an icon. I That's saw him right. in concert. Is really? Public City in two thousand four. Oh yeah, still on oh, stage. Was, wow. Yes, yeah, stuck. Okay. Got uh, got backstage passes. We actually kind of. Uh, well, we may have told some non-truths. What is it? Mm. Um, yeah, I misspoke when I... Alternative I facts is what you gave. Told some people that uh, we worked. Yeah, anyway, it's a long story. But I was on stage with Billy Idol, and it was it was awesome. And uh, to me, it was just like, ah, oh, it's the guy from The Wedding Singer, you know? Yes. Just that, just that bit part. Apparently, he does music, too, which I thought well, was Well, he's cool. the best part of The Wedding Singer, I'd argue. He is the best part. He is the best part of The Wedding Singer. <laughs> we should rank Adam Sandler movies at some point because... I mean, I, Wedding Singer is probably one through five. It might be one. It, like, it, I mean, it's, it may be number one. And wedding, yeah. singer, wedding Singer is the one that's aged the best, I would say. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. It's... Yeah. No, it actually has But for heart. me, uh, 50 First Dates is coming on strong later in my is life. It? Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Jumping up bit? the charts. No. I have. You're not. You, no, it's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit. Okay. No, no, I like it. I, it's oh, it's been on HBO a lot recently. I've, I've, I've been only watched it. it one that one time. What know. really? Yeah, just once in theaters. But not that I didn't dislike it. It was just it was interesting because there was this transitional period where uh, before he Adam Sandler went like full bad, mm-hmm. where he like kind of pumped out a couple of films that were actually not, you know, actually decent. I, I feel like they were decent, and that's one of them. Um, I guess he did funny people, but that's not really an Adam Sandler like vehicle. No, I wouldn't say it's uh, Adam Sandler. Uh, like Mr. Deeds was one of those where it's like he had done, like I, not good, not good. But like before that was Little Nicky, which was like really bad. It's bottom of the uh, barrel. Like that was don't the foreshadowing. The Zo- don't mess with the Zohan. Oh yeah. Ooh yeah. yeah. yeah no, that's my happening. boy with Andy Samberg. Just because they have a name, they, they have names that are similar and big noses. Like that's not, mm. that's not a good bit. It's not no. enough to make a movie. It's offensive, I'd say. 
oh yeah it's typecasting <laughs> and uh, also i feel like that's the type of a uh, role that andy sandberg had absolutely no choice in the matter uh, lauren michaels 100 percent was forcing him to go along with this uh, <laughs> yeah that was a uh, yeah that was an obligatory what's the uh what's that jimmy fallon movie and drew barrymore where yeah. he's a big the red Sox fever fan pitch. fever pitch yeah yeah okay so i feel like that was probably meant for adam sandler oh yeah right oh, does yeah. that make sense yeah yeah because this is this is that weird period of time where it was post fallon snl but pre tonight show where we didn't know what to do with jimmy fallon like it was like america's like we love this guy but we don't really know what to do with you Be, like, let's put him in a taxi movie movies. with queen latifah yeah, we did queen latifah taxi movie and we're like oh that that's you're not good at acting <laughs> but uh we still love you you're so likable and mm-hmm. so you're just like a little kid and uh, we'll give you another shot because you're so likable uh, you may have never watched a baseball game or played a game of baseball in your life, but we're, you're going to have to play a huge baseball fan. Can you do that? Turns out he said yes, thought he could do it. And uh, and we get Fever Pitch, where poor Drew Barrymore, who has to act alongside uh, basically a late-night host that hasn't realized he's he's a late-night host yet, right? Like, And you, one could argue that his qualifications as a late-night host uh, are suspect, but some people, America seems to love him. Uh, but those two movies he did, oof, oof, real bad. Don't, um, don't hold up did well. he do any? Did he star in any other movies? Uh, I can't remember. Star? No cameos. I feel like I really feel like it was just those two. Yeah, that's it. He got two shots. Hollywood. Hollywood learned quickly. You yeah, cannot. You can't put a movie on his shoulders. He was not good in either of those <laughs> movies, and then he became Johnny Carson's heir, and he's. All he has to do is laugh. He just laughs at the guests. That's all he does. Anyway, sorry. I'm a Conan head. Okay. Right. That's, do you watch Conan's yeah. new show? He reformatted. He did reformat it, uh, which also involved a podcast. I guess that's what he does with his extra time. Now that's only 30 minutes show instead of an hour. Mm. I don't know. But that was like part of the announcement. So I feel like I, I'm participating in the new venture by listening to the podcast. So yeah. to, to answer your question, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think he should have consulted us first. On whether yeah. he sh- should start a podcast or not. Because well, I would have said, he, no, don't do it. Well, he, you could tell he's trying to do something unique with this like conceit of like, why aren't we friends, you know? And mm. it's like, it's so dumb because they try to stay true to the theme, you know? Even if like the conversation, like he had Jeff Goldblum on, who was just always good on any podcast. He's just like so good, so sens- sensual. Um, and uh, it's so interesting. And then like Conan's like, oh, right, we got to, you know, we have to get to the root of the podcast. Like, why aren't we friends or how are we going to be friends? And and then it's just there's a lot of hemming and hawing and like, well, I guess we don't really know each other. And we're just in Hollywood and we're both famous and we're never we were too busy. And it turns out no one wants to be his friend, which is a bummer. Would, would I you would like be to be friend. friends with uh, Andy Richter? Oh, my gosh. Uh, the, no, that dude controls the universe. And uh, <laughs> I Look, I can't even follow him on Twitter, let alone be his friend in person. Okay, it's not happening. It's not no. happening. He I won't even be. Uh, yeah, tw- I won't be Twitter friends with him. That's for sure. Did I tell you I saw? I sat next to him at a restaurant. Uh, no. in, in L.A. It was like yeah, yeah. It was the uh, where the House of Blues is in Anaheim. Actually, it's mm-hmm. not L.A. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Anaheim, Orange County. Yeah. Whew. Um, Freudian slip or whatever you want to call that. Uh, but it was a <laughs> cardinal uh, sin is what I'd say. Cardinal sin. There you go. You're going to hell um, for that one. So, so that like, well, I don't know what it's called. It's not the city walk, but it's those restaurants. Yeah. You're talking about downtown Disney. Downtown Disney. That's what yeah. it is. Uh, the largest, uh, media empire in the world. And I couldn't remember the name of it. Um, so we're eating at this restaurant. That's like, you know, overpriced, semi nice. And there's this dude that I'm thinking, man, like he, he he looks like Andy Richter. Like he could, it's definitely not Andy Richter. But I'm like he he like has a lot of Andy Richter isms. Like a very ugly version of Andy Richter. That's honestly. <laughs> I was gonna what I say, did you feel bad for the guy? Yeah, I did because it was yeah because Andy Richter isn't well known because of his looks. So being like a poor man's Andy Richter isn't a good spot to be in. And he's there with the woman who also doesn't seem super thrilled to be there, and two kids who are entitled AF. And he's telling them, no, you can't order this. No, you can't. And they're, fr- they're throwing a fit, you know? And then I'm starting to listen into the voice. And I'm like, wow, he's got the Andy Richter voice too. And then I, I really start to listen and look at him like, oh, that is Andy Richter. <laughs> and I did this thing where like, I, I, I'm i in a, a point in my life where I'm post, like I won't, uh, I will not approach a celebrity in public and be like, mm, not even to well, say I'm a big fan. Well, so there's okay. one. 
Yeah. <laughs> Rivers Cuomo. So that's that was pre. I'm saying. Oh, okay. Post. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm at a point now where I no longer. Gotcha. I actually have shame and and uh, <laughs> well or principles. I don't know what you want to call it, but just uh, I would never go up and say I'm a fan, or let alone can I have a selfie. But he looked so just in a bad mood that I considered it. That I I wanted a story of me going up. Because he was definitely not going to go along. He's eating. He's with his family. He looks upset. You know, he's frustrated his kids. And I'm thinking, mm, I could have a good Andy Richter story if I go up and be like, dude, selfie. Because, like, the response would have been just uh, would have been incredible. So, uh, but I have no guts and I did not pursue it. So. <laughs> no, you made the right move. I think uh, I think of all Norm McDonald's, like, he has a million bits that he does with all these different shows and everything. Uh, one of my favorite bits is him just trashing Andy anytime oh, that he goes yeah. on on Conan. Oh yeah, so many good compilations on YouTube of Norm Andy just trashing Andy. Well, Andy blocked him from his last performance, isn't that? Yeah, so apparently that's the rumor. I don't, I can't confirm nor deny, but uh, that is I, the. I, uh, I think that's what happened. It seems pretty obvious. Well, he seems like the type of guy who wouldn't handle a good-natured ribbing, let alone uh, a bad-natured one. Like he wouldn't if a joke was on. I don't just don't think he's gonna handle a joke that at his expense. It's just not. His. No, no, no. Uh, but a good punching bag for Conan. So I'm happy he's there. He's the best. He's the best punching bag. So yeah. So dude, I I went to San Francisco this week for work. Uh, and oh, uh, do you, but you live in Sacramento. Is that like do you r- routinely drive to San Francisco? Oh. Gosh, I feel like you're a late night host setting me up for a, a pre-planned bit. <laughs> I'm checking my notes. Well, I was, uh, was going to tell you just that every time I pull into San Francisco, I think about our time go, driving up together to go to the punchline to see Patrice O'Neill. And that uh, that thought triggered a Patrice O'Neill YouTube rabbit hole. And I just watched these clips and uh, gone but not forgotten. Rest in peace, Patrice. Really yeah. one of the greats. And, and really, his legend could have grown had he not uh, passed so prematurely. But... Uh, yeah, people don't know who Patrice O'Neill is, and if you're okay with comedy that wouldn't maybe perform as well in the mainstream in this day and age, YouTube Patrice O'Neill and just watch some compilations. The dude is just incredible, especially crowd work. The dude was just vicious. Yeah, oh, so, he was one of a kind, and uh, Bill Burr, like he was best friends with Bill Burr, and, and Bill still, uh, every year he throws a benefit a for benefit. Patrice's yeah. family. So, yeah, that's incredible. Uh, it's guy, so Bill. generous. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Keeping him in, uh, keeping him in, in his uh, thoughts. Well, so, yeah, Bill's a good we all dude. knew that Patrice, you know, had gained some notoriety, but he was right about to break into like now yeah. what we see Bill Burr size type of you know exactly uh, celebrity. And he t- because he didn't, and he died right at that moment. You know, his family. It's not like there was a lot left for them, and so for no, him, unfortunately, there wasn't. That, yeah, awesome. yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Living in Sacramento, you drive to Sac, you know, San Francisco a lot. It's the it's an hour and a half away without traffic. Usually, it's two hours with tons of gas. I'd imagine. Well, that's the thing, man. It really hits the pocketbook. Just the gasoline these days, and I I just thought to myself, like, is there a way for me to make this drive without using gas? Did you have you ever thought of that? Like, have you actually asked yourself? That <laughs> I thought question? of that one time. I don't know that there's an answer to that though. So I Maybe googled it. Yeah, take a train. Well, that's the thing. So first thing would be train, public transport. Yeah. There's an Amtrak that goes from Sacramento. They don't go all the way into, to, uh, <laughs> into San Francisco. It goes as far as about Oakland. And then you got you to gotta get a shuttle from Oakland over or take. Oh, I was going to say you could take one of those lime scooters. But oh, yeah. yeah you can lime scooter far. across the Bay Bridge, which is a great <laughs> pedestrian bridge. <laughs> uh, wow. But yeah, my worst nightmare is breaking de- my car breaking down on the Bay Bridge because it, it would just... Uh, It'd be a colossal issue, but uh, anyway, they might push you off the edge. Oh yeah, no, for sure. It's just out of oh, rage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, that's the bridge that went that uh, you know it collapsed on itself in the '89 earthquake. And even though it's been rebuilt and reinforced and all that stuff, still not not a good history there. Not a good. I don't trust it. If you're stuck, no, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Uh, but it is a better bridge uh, over the Golden Gate one. Just I want to make that clear. But anyway. Yeah, so I googled. It. Apparently, there's electric cars that. Uh, Whoa. There's yeah, I know. So there are gas stations, right, all over the place that we go to to fill up our cars with gas, and it costs money every time you do it. And I just thought that we had to because that was the only way. But no, there are cars that are that run on electricity, and you never have to fill with gas. 
And I thought, like, why aren't all cars this way? And uh, I don't know. Do you, could you know why they're not that? I don't. I just don't know why they're not. I'd imagine it's some sort of grand conspiracy um, involving the Illuminati. Of course. And uh, well, all their stuff. The Da Vinci Code or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't Tom know. Hanks. Yeah. Dan Brown. <laughs> definitely. Tom Hanks is certainly involved. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ewan McGregor. You know the worst enemy is uh, that group. Oh yeah. Pup- yeah. Elon Musk. Public enemy number one. <laughs> Not a part of you the mean the guy. Wait, wait, are you talking about the guy that had a rap song about Harambe the gorilla? That's that's yeah, yeah, that's what that he's Elon Musk, for. yeah. He took all that rap money and decided he wanted to do two things build long, long range electric cars and then get us to Mars, which I thought I think are noble goals. Uh, just keep the raps coming, Elon. That's what that's what got you here, okay? That's what we're paying for. <sighs> anyway, look, uh, this is all to say I'm going really, I'm just kind of being sheepish about this because I'm being. I don't want to go public with this yet, but you told me before the thought I didn't have a choice that I need to be, I need to come clear. I, I bought a Tesla model three and, uh, my parents are disappointed because <laughs> that they now know that I lean left of center, which is <laughs> devastating. To That's them. an obligation when you buy that car. What's next? The green new deal. I'm like, well, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Yeah, um, I got a Model Three, dude. I uh, that is you know, incredible. Truth, truth be told, I've been waiting for Tesla to release their. You know, they've been promising this kind of uh, mass market version. You know, their low cost, quote unquote, one. Just because the Model S and Model X, like basement prices, like eighty thousand, can go up to a hundred thousand dollars. I'm not rich. I'm not buying eighty thousand dollar cars ever. Uh, but I've been waiting for the Model Three, the considerably less expensive one, and they finally released. Uh, the cheapest version. And so uh, I thought it was going to take weeks to get and I ordered it and it delivered the next day. So that was uh, that was exciting. And so uh, this most recent drive to San Francisco was the most uh, easily the least stressful, the most exciting, the most fun. I was on autopilot almost the entire way, uh, which I say almost because we're building a relationship of trust me and the autopilot. Cause well, I'm legally, you're not allowed <laughs> Well, there's that, too. Uh, I'm learning what it can and can't do. Uh, and I, I'm learning how it handles things like uh, construction zones where uh, the lane lines are repainted yeah. haphazardly. Uh, Before you that. go into it too deep, you sound I just want to say you sound like the pilots that crashed the 737. <laughs> <laughs> if only they were as cautious as you. Well, this is the difference between me and them is I, I, got, I got to my destination. Um, <laughs> well, you had the smarts to look onto YouTube how to use the thing. I kept, yeah. The difference between them is I kept both hands on the wheel. Okay, I didn't, I didn't over rely on autopilot. Look, <laughs> these things are still subject to error. Um, but yeah, man, it was actually pretty incredible. Uh, well, how does it work? So there's, there's, there's a couple of versions. I bought. So there's, there's uh, autopilot. Mm-hmm. The way they brand these are, it's kind of a, you know, it's a sham. But there's autopilot, and then there's full self driving or FSD. And that's, uh, you know, both they're, they're costly upgrades. The autopilot ones, you know, just uh, quite a bit less. And to get full self-driving, you have to buy autopilot and then an additional $5,000 for full Jeez. self-driving. So just the normal autopilot is basically adaptive cruise control, like a really good version. And so once you're in a lane and you, you could, while you can use this on like city streets, it's best used uh, on the freeway, uh, partially because it can't read stoplights. And no, no one tells you that it can't do that when you buy the car. Uh, so if you were on the city streets in autopilot, you would run a red light. And I'm amazed that they don't have a million like warning signs that it would do that. So, uh, so it's really, really only supposed to be used on freeway. But once you're in a lane, it will keep you in that lane. It will keep you at that speed. It will brake if the car in front of you is braking. It'll speed up if it's speeding up. Uh, when I, I got to an accident on the freeway on the way to San Francisco, and I was in stop and go traffic for about a half an hour. And that's where it was really incredible because I didn't have to think about, you know, stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. Like it just did it. And anytime there was a car that was trying to come into my lane or cut me off, it would break way ahead of time. It sensed it. Uh, It was really incredible uh, how much I was able to trust it to react. And it could respond in a lot of ways faster than I could. And so it is actually remarkably safe as long as you understand what those limitations are and you disengage when you need to. But like I got to San Francisco and I was like, just floored. I was so excited. It's like every drive now is just going to be so much easier. That's and awesome. uh, slowly I'll get more and more comfortable until 
I die. <laughs> <laughs> Until it takes you off of the bridge. Yeah. Well, um, so you've yeah. had it for how long now? To two weeks. Okay, so you've had it for two weeks. You've put it through. And this its is paces. Me going public. I've, I've having. I have been so bad. I have posted no pictures on social media. Uh, I don't know why I'm being a nerd about it, but like, I just I've never maybe had a car that looks this nice, even though it's not right. like as high priced as it may look like it is. But I just I don't know. I I feel it like, looks pretty fancy. Weird. It does look fancy. But it's yeah. the same price as my mother-in-law's Honda Accord. And that's the thing. Is <laughs> I mean, if I'm being that. honest, I'd rather have the Honda Accord. But that's just oh, me. Yeah. Well, Honda, they make great cars. Really reliable. They Plus, they take gas. And that's just, you know. I love gas. Driver, it's very convenient. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You know, it cost me $70 to fill up the other day. It's not like I have a big car either. It's $70? Just, yeah, man. It's, to I know it sounds your, like a first world, first world problem. but Which car is actually, the Acura? No, this was actually Sarah's Herati. It's premium, I'm assuming. Well, yeah, but both cars take premium. So, dude, I looked up our what we spent in gas in the month of January. Granted, there were several Bay Area trips for both my wife and I. You know, we worked for companies in the Bay Area, so we both had to do a different a couple trips. Um, and it was like between our two cars, it was 540 bucks of gas that That's, month. And yeah, that no is more. absolutely absolutely wild. So, so you charge it every night. I do, and yep, then I got. A plug put in. Yep. That's so cool, man. Congratulations. So, yeah, That's it, awesome. Thanks, man. It's great. It's, uh, yeah. People, uh, it's the first time I've ever driven a car where uh, you notice when people are looking at it when you're driving. And it's not like a ton. There's a lot more and more like Model 3s out there. So I think it's yeah becoming less and less of a like a catch your eye type of car. Like it's not like a Maserati. But uh, I will see people being like, oh, that's one of them autopilot cars or one of those, you know. And I just feel so vulnerable and self-conscious because I feel like uh, people are. Do you have tinted glass, tinted windows? No, but oh, like, multiple say, people ask me. They're like, "You're gonna tint this, right?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah after yeah, after driving for two weeks, I feel like I'm driving around a fishbowl, and everyone's just like, "Who's <laughs> this punk kid in a Model 3? Some rich well, I, parents. I expect I expect you to be at a stop sign and just some kid knock on the glass. Elon, is that you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know Elon? Did you meet Elon? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah dude honestly it's the most fun i've ever had driving a car it's really that's so cool i mean if you're going to be putting in hundreds of miles yeah commute time all that so you're spending so much of your life in a car it really does make a huge difference we drove our honda fit this our beloved college car really served us Mm -hmm. well uh we drove it into the ground and i was just i couldn't bring myself to you know when i I knew i was going to buy a new car but i just couldn't bring myself to buy a car that took gas like right. we have long range electric vehicles, but I can do the Nissan Leaf, the Chevy Bolt, the BMW i3, all the same price as right. the Tesla Model 3, except the Tesla Model 3 actually looks like a g- decent car. It actually looks Cooler good. features too. Yeah, exactly. It was a no brainer. I was like, why would sure. anyone purchase those cars at the same price if you can get a Model 3? It's beyond me, but enough about my car purchases. <laughs> I feel silly. It's like a car pod. Well, that, <laughs> I mean, that's why people tune in to hear about that's your it. successes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope they tuned in to hear about uh, our review of the movie Unplanned because uh, yeah. my, that, this review is about as, yeah, this is this pod is about as unplanned as my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Unplanned, uh, it's funny you bring that up because I asked you this earlier. Do you, yeah. If you had to guess the Rotten Tomato score of Unplanned, the critic what score do you think or the is? audience? We're going to go with the critic, critic score. Oh, okay. There's only so 20 reviews. Yeah. So... Just to be clear, we're going to steer f- clear of the controversy of the subject matter here. It's a very yeah. hotly uh, yeah. uh, and deeply felt issue. Uh, I will say, though, Aaron and I are on the record. We have an, an enormous amount of admiration for Christian cinema and what they're doing in this space. Yes. Not the quality of their work, but the fact that they're uh, going out there and serving a market, uh, a clear market need, a lot of appetite. Aaron and I, we kick ourselves every time this happens because I, I know between your we, evangelical background, my yeah. Mormon uh uh, background that we could write one of the most inspirational and, not only uh, that but you and i and skyler talked about this was co- we yeah. we knew this was coming we talked about this yeah. years ago yes. we all saw that yes. there was obviously well, how a many need more for of these how many more of these god not dead sequels have to come out and do gangbusters for us to jump on this like we, yeah we had that the horror film uh hoa Let's yes. just make that Christian yeah. horror film. I want there is a not a there, bad I, I idea. believe the genre Christian horror would absolutely be 
be huge. Like it's coming. I think we should it's coming. Any, because horror films you can are known for being very yeah. violent and lots of nudity, and you know Christians don't want that. I think, and so yeah. Christian horror. Let's make HOA a Christian horror film. So yeah, Unplanned is a Christian movie, and if you haven't seen it, go watch the trailer. Christian um, horror. The first of the Christian, ho- Christian horror. Yeah, this is the beginning. It could of be considered movie. a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so maybe. yeah, if you had to guess, what is the Rotten Tomato score? Twenty uh, reviews. Okay. So let's see. Critic, film critics uh, are atheists and liberals, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. hate Christian cinema. So I would guess seventeen percent. You would be wrong, sir. It's fifty percent. Fifteen. Fifty five zero. No. It is. That's no. That's practically fresh. There's no. It is way. practically fresh, and even more mind blowing than that. Take a guess no. at what the audience score is. Okay. So let's see. Christians are gonna. They're gonna, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna come in mass. They're homers. Sure. They're definitely yeah. homers. Yeah, they're gonna make sure their voices are heard. So I'm gonna say they're gonna go pretty high. Eighty-eight, ninety-three. Oh my gosh, ninety-three. How so many this reviews? is. <laughs> I think we're 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 obligated to watch this movie. I think. Oh, um, I'm. Are we? I'm actually. It might be good. It's. it's Oh, okay, I'm pulling 50%? 50%? So the critic consensus, the little blurb that they give on Rotten Tomatoes, a dramatic approach to a hot-button topic whose agenda is immediately clear. Oh, no kidding, huh? Wasn't in the title? Maybe that didn't give it away? <laughs> you went in not sure what the agenda was? Um, <laughs> unplanned will only reinforce the feelings of viewers on either side of the issue. Oh, so if I feel one way about it, it'll either way it'll just reinforce that feeling. Yeah, so it's going to make you feel better. So I think oh, that's good. why. So it'll be confirmation bias one way. Yeah, that's good. Well, Perfect. Like that. It keeps yeah. your bubble intact, which is the what you want. Echo chamber. It conti- the echo continues. That's good. <laughs> I can't believe this is fifty percent, Aaron. This is insane. I know the movie's made twelve million dollars to this point. It costs six million to make. So I tell you what, if I'm on an airplane and it's available, I really might watch it. I really I, might. I, I, to, I'm AMC A-list. I can watch any movie that I want. Oh my gosh, so I'm thinking about theaters. it. Okay. That's incredible. Well, I, we didn't see this movie, but we did see a bunch of other movies. Uh, what have we seen since we last talked? We did Captain Marvel last. We uh, did Captain we Marvel. Did. We saw... I mean, I've seen Us. I've seen The Best I've of Enemies. I've seen Hotel Mumbai. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I was, saw Shazam. There you go. Number one movie of the weekend. It was. I saw a preview screening a couple weeks ago, actually. You yeah, were under a gag order. You couldn't well, that's talk the thing. about We would have done the review except the non-disclosure I signed, which was a huge mistake. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I wanted to get out there and tell everyone, like, don't get your hopes up. But it turned out everyone liked it, so I would have been wrong. <laughs> well, you were invited there because you're part of the Zachary Levy fan club. That's right. Well, that's. I thought I was signing up for the Dax Shepard fan club. I made a huge mistake. Um, I, 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 I heard the voice. And I thought like, oh, yeah, I just I signed up and I didn't realize that uh, Zachary Levi. Did you know this? He, he has a serious case of Dax. Is Shepard it Levi? Case. I don't know. Levi. I just is assumed it was Levy. I don't know. Levy. Well, um, I don't know. Levi, I have no idea. Well, I mean, in the Bible, that's how it's spelled. OK. And, I and it's uh, my that, favorite uh, brand of pant. Oh, Levi's. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The Bible has always been my pronunciation guide and it's never stirred me wrong. King James. Right. Version, of course. Um. You were, so, well, yeah, you were talking Levi. about your Job interview the other day. So, yeah. well, speaking of Christian cinema, I mean, Zachary Levi is a very Christian person. From, oh, uh, awesome! Yeah, I know. So maybe he will be in the unplanned sequel. I'm trying to think of what that's <laughs> what the subtitle would be, but I'm not going to go there. Uh, so we both saw us. Uh, we both saw Hotel Mumbai because I went and saw it on your recommendation. We're going to get to that oh, maybe yeah. in this pod, maybe in a future pod. The primary things that we should talk about are us, since that was a phenomenon a few weeks ago. We're a little late on the review. And then, of course, sh- uh, I was going to say Shalom. My goodness. Shazam. <laughs> Shalom sounds like a better movie. I will Shalom, go Shalom starring Zachary Levi. Yeah. Sounds like that would be fun Israeli cinema. Like, I would see that. I'm into that. Um, yeah, because Levi sounds like an Old Testament last night. Like, that's like a it's Torah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Old Testament. I mean, it's the same star of Shalom versus Shalam, uh, Shazam. Goodness, so. Shazam. I can't believe I almost said Shalom. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, yeah, Shazam, we got to talk about because everyone saw it. $53 million, the box office. Uh, maybe we do that real quick, a uh, little box office update. That was number one. What came number two? Number two was Pet Cemetery. came in at oh $25 million. Our boy, Massachusetts' own Jason Clark, Jeez. still pulling <laughs> putting butts in the seats. 
<laughs> Jason Clark Jason. is phenomenal. I, my fellow Americans, <laughs> my kids are burying animals. Um, so, uh, are you going to see Pet Cemetery? I'll probably think... check it out. Again, I because of A-List. I love the original, not, too. I'm not interested in seeing this. I think once I saw the guy from uh, Third Rock from the Sun is in it. I was, And I'm not talking about Frenchie Stewart. I'm talking about the, the older guy. Uh, uh, Joseph John, Gordon-Levitt. John Lithgow. <laughs> oh, okay. I just can't take that guy seriously. No. Actually, uh, he's really good. I like, he, I, okay. like, I like John Lithgow. Number three is Dumbo. That's a movie that happened. Um, uh, Dumbo budget on that was one seventy. Uh huh. Total dude, gross oh, after two weeks is seventy six million. Elephants aren't cheap, dude. No. Uh, Poor Danny DeVito. Cheap. Man, that movie really didn't look good. No. Nor did Michael Keaton. Uh, well, when was the last time we saw a good Tim Burton movie? What did we? Be so, my ooh, man, I was thinking about. I was honestly thinking about bringing that up to you. Like, we need to have a conversation. We keep people keep pretending like he's still good. He is still writing on the, you know, on the the reputation of when he was good, but the man has not made a good movie in a very long time. We've got to stop ourselves. We need to look. Yeah. He made a movie called Big Eyes not that long ago that we all pretended didn't happen. Okay, he got he convinced Christoph Waltz and Amy Adams in their Oscar primes to be in it. Uh, this man did. Uh, I think he did, a, like a bunch of. Uh, Johnny Depp movies like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland, maybe I don't know. Like it he seems did like do he Alice probably in Wonderland. Did that? He oh, did. Uh, he also did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? So I honestly, Big Fish is probably the last time where I can say it's a movie that was even <clears throat> decent. And that's not. Yeah, I liked Big Fish. I think it's not I, a great I mean, movie. It's, no, it's not one of his classics. It's not Edward Scissorhands. I mean, wh- what's his de facto best film? It's I mean, Beetlejuice. Oh. I mean, I would go Beetlejuice, Batman, then Edward Scissorhands. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yeah, that's that's so. Good. Oh, he had a he had a run in the late eighties. Well, Ed to Wood, the, the, right? I mean, to, yeah, exactly. Late eighties to the late nineties. He had a good ten year run. Yeah. Wow, Beetlejuice. That is what a classic, freak. So that's how he got Michael Keaton in this freaking Dumbo remake. Being oh, Michael Keaton's master. in Dumbo. Yeah. Oh, he looks ooh. bad, dude. The tra- ooh, e- I know. He is not. Yeah. Ever since he got that Oscar stolen from him from freaking Eddie Redmayne. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where was the outrage of Eddie Redmayne pay- being in a wheelchair when he's? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Brian Cranston got crap for it, and uh, and Eddie Redmayne got an Oscar. I don't think that's because well, okay, Eddie's but. he's British, so he's oh, allowed right. to get. It's art. Get away yeah. with that stuff. That's right. That's right. Uh, man, this Tim Burton thing though, I'm so glad you brought it up. He keeps getting things greenlit and he keeps getting put on projects and it's really remarkable has any has any great filmmaker had this long of a run of really bad movies like let's see here i just really quickly and we'll get to the main stuff here this is just so fascinating to me uh good heavens um okay woof by the way pb's big adventure is in the top three it's gotta be he directed that i'll give you that I'll give you that. So good. Um, okay, director. Th- 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 okay. So that was part of his peak, right? So PB's Big Adventure is probably like eighty-seven, oh, yeah. eighty-eight. That was his. F- th- 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 that was his first. Uh, it was his first. Oh film. wow! First feature. First, uh, okay. A feature film. Yep. So PB's Big Adventure, which is incredible. Uh, man, that movie holds up. Look at this. Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Ed Wood, Mars Attacks. Mars Forgot Attacks. Forgot he did that. That's and it's zany, divisive. Still loved mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Then, then, then it stops. It may, may some would argue Mars Attacks was the beginning of that uh, stopping. But we get Sleepy Hollow, and this is where he made a deal with the devil, also known as Johnny Depp, and just yeah. brought him along for the ride. Uh, <laughs> Sleepy Hollow, Planet of the Apes. Oh, then Big Fish, which again I, I will defend to an extent. I, I think I liked it more than you. Then Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, eesh. Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows, Frank and Weenie, Big Eyes, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which is not a movie I knew existed till I just read the title. <laughs> that had a wide release is what it looks like. Uh, and then Dumbo. And uh, he has one uh, film on his slate that's announced. One. And it's a sequel. You want to take a guess at which of his classics the sequel, sequel. is? Sequel. Edward Scissorhands. Nah, it's Beetlejuice 2, man. Oh, Beetlejuice 2, of course. 
Yeah. Alec Baldwin. Wow. Michael Keaton. Everyone's got to get paid. So. Uh, all right. Okay. I'm grateful, I should say, that Tim Burton did not direct us. And that this came no. from entirely from the creative mind of Jordan Peele. Because this seems like the type of script. And there, there's an alternate universe where Jordan Peele wrote this script. And he was, trying, he was shopping it around, and it somehow got on Tim Burton's desk, and he was like, this thing's made for me. Get Johnny <laughs> Depp on line one. <laughs> get, get Michael Keaton on get line one, two, and let's get, let's get a bunch of get Claymation Winona Ryder. Animators. <laughs> yeah, Winona Ryder. Get uh, me Winona finished, Ryder. <laughs> she finished with that Stranger Things. Um, my goodness. Gosh, she would have butchered this. Uh, but let's talk us. That us, was number man. one at the box office. This is Jordan P. Uh, Jordan Peele's hotly anticipated follow-up to Get Out. Uh, this is a film that I thought had a terrific marketing campaign, from uh, the trailer, the song, mm-hmm. and I always love the like using imagery to like just kind of burn something into the people's like you know brain or psyche or memory. This idea of these scissors, and we could, we'll talk about that uh, if we go into spoilers, if the significance or lack thereof of the scissors. But nonetheless, it was a striking image when the first trailer and poster came out and I just, I just feel like the branding and marketing going in was just like top notch. And of course it does enormous numbers. And so, uh, and it's still doing well. Speaking of box office, right. It came in at, uh, November four, number number four this week. Yeah. It's been out for three weeks. Wow. Cost 20 million to make. Um, and it's grossed $152 million. So So explain to me, Aaron, you live in LA, you know, the biz you're in the middle of it all. (laughs) Uh, how does someone who makes Get Out, which is just this sensation, gets an Oscar for the screenplay, mm-hmm. only get $20 million to make his follow-up original film? You know he wanted more. He didn't go and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in doing this just like the last one for $4 mil- you know, four million was the Get Out budget. Just right. uh, shoestring budget, bootstrap everything. Like, no, no, no. That dude earned his right to get at least $50 million. Uh, why 20 well, I mean, because $20 million lets him fly under the radar. At twenty million, what it is? yeah, one hundred percent. So, so that's at twenty million, okay. He, at twenty million, he does not have to answer one set of producer notes. Do you think he has final cut? He absolutely has final cut. There is no doubt about that. Interesting, it, especially at twenty million. So, I mean, it gives him the autonomy to do whatever he needs to do as the auteur is what he is. Like Jordan Peele is like he's the premier auteur, yeah, in, in American cinema at the moment. Um, and I think Get Out is brilliant, and I think Us is is brilliant as well. And I personally liked Us more than I liked Get Out. What? Um, yeah, so, I what? did. I didn't know you had heart. That's I agree. I feel like I was on an island. People thought I was crazy. It to me, it no. is. It, I it, to me, it was an overall better film, and I loved Get Out. I thought Get Out was awesome, but Us was. Ju- it was ju- for me. It was the natural evolution, the progression of his skill set and abilities as a storyteller. For me, it was way more depth, way more going on way more like questions I was asking myself afterwards and trying to figure out. It was so layered. It was like, oh, this is a maturing filmmaker. This guy is just a heck of a storyteller. I loved it. I really, really loved it. You know what I hate is when you and I have the exact same opinion on something. It it really bothers me because because I I agree with everything you just said, and that's so boring. Nobody wants to hear that. I need to find someone that I deeply dislike and disagree with and get them to be a co-host on the pod. That's the only way to do this. I picked Um, you. The problem was I picked you because I like you, and you're my like one of my closest friends, and we have good chemistry. Turns out our tastes are the same, and it makes for not as interesting podcasting. (laughs) But like, well, because I mean, Uh, we're in a we're in a movie. We have a thread, you know, with Skylar, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, emeritus host of the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and Shannon, mm-hmm. Shannon, who's, uh, you know, basically our th- uh, co-host, really. Yeah. Uh, if she, we're, I mean, I she's consider, the best host. I, for sure. I consider the podcast a table. She's the fourth leg of that table. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, th- I feel like Skylar and her liked both liked us uh, quite a bit. Uh, Skyler and Shannon but both of them thought Get Out was the better film like they was like they liked us wasn't quite Get Out but like no one could you know I think the sentiment was was you can't have that expectation because Get Out was a phenomenon but it was still really good Uh, and I was I was on the other side of that I thought it was actually better Um, I'm right there why was it better so I like you know like you brought up there are so many more layers to this movie I think that's what the brilliance of this is and you can see Jordan Peele as a filmmaker, you can actually see his evolution. And 
on its face, Us is a, an extremely simple movie. It's a, it's a genre horror film. Slasher, really. It's a slasher movie more than a horror film. Um, and on its face, it, that's just what it is. And it, it's, it's like a psychological, supernatural-ish kind of thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you see the movie, how it plays out, once you... Once you get out of the movie, I think that's where the real genius is because you start to think about this movie and that is the hallmark of all great movies is the movie sticks with you. And and this is how I know it's a great movie um, because everyone at work, a whole bunch of people that I work with saw this movie on my recommendation, by the way. Okay. And they all, to a person, there was about five of them that came back and said, eh, I didn't really like it. And so what I did is I said, okay, so tell me what you didn't like about it. And when they start to go over things that they didn't like, I point out, actually, that's really good. And here's why. Here's why it's interesting. And, oh, the, and I just, tease that oh, out. Wow. I tease that out and I ex- try to explain to them, not per, not like explain, but just really like play with these thoughts of why it's, it's no, meant I love more to Aaron me. Explaining, Aaron's explaining us. <laughs> <laughs> and to a person, every time I have that conversation, they say, oh, you know what? Actually, I did like that. I did, You know, I did like when they did that. I did think that was funny. I did actually think that was pretty clever how they did that and at the end of the conversation i'm thinking how did you not like this movie then you just told me that you didn't like it and we just had a 10 minute conversation so so really i think because the movie is so simple that i think it can be overlooked i think it's easy to simple um yeah and i think at its face value again because it's a genre movie a slasher movie where it's you know a mom saving her family yeah it's a chase Um, you know they're running from a a, whatever an enemy a bad and you know whatever it might be but I do feel like the reveal at the end uh, was, not, I don't know if we use the word complicated, but like was, um, it required the audience to like be okay not understanding the origins of what exactly was going on. I'm tip And that's a problem, spoilers, right? We will spoil. Yeah, but I feel like that's that would be related to why people didn't like it because they're just kind of like didn't exactly. get it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's what I mean by it being a problem for some people where that if they don't want to think about it, if they don't want to, um, if they just want to forget the movie after it's done, then then I can see why that movie, why that those decisions would be a problem and why they wouldn't make sense because it's, it's, it's a leap. It's definitely a leap. And some things do not make sense unless you dwell on them. And, um, I don't think we necessarily have to spoil the movie. It's not really a movie where you can totally spoil it. There's a one big twist at the end towards the end. That's the thing that, yeah. And I wanted, I I think there's brilliance in that character because it's a character it challenges you about whether you should be rooting for that character or not. And I love the way it made me think of it. And I loved the fact that like, ultimately I landed on like, I was still team. Um, well, I don't know how to say it without spoiling it, but like, uh, bad guys are good guys. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I would say and also um, it plays on who are the bad guys and who are the good guys, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So there you go. It absolutely does. It challenges yeah. you whether or not. Yeah. That the, uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. Anything that challenges you like that, I think, is really great. Uh, and I've been wanting to see it again. Like, I, immediately after, I was like, oh, I, I got to watch that again. Just There's so many layers of what's going on here. Um, and there you is. did a really good job of, like, telling a narrative or a story that you could interpret it in multiple ways, any of which could be true, you know, all together. Uh, but, I like, to me, I've read in, uh, and I loved jumping into, like, uh, subreddits and reading other people's interpretations. Yes. Even if absolutely. I didn't interpret it the same way, it was just really interesting reading, like, oh, uh, I wouldn't have gone down that path, but that's really interesting. But, like, I think he's saying something that's um, really <laughs> incredible. Uh, I, I'd say incredibly um, timely. Uh, yes. And uh, I don't know if overt's the right word, because I think people would, this would go over their heads if they're not looking for this message. They would. It seems obvious. But it, I guess it's not. Yeah, it's you know you know saying. I think I'm that tip-toeing. it's not it's not plainly obvious, and I think that um, in in a lot of ways I think Get Out was more obvious than That's, this was. It was all, Get Out was much I, surface level makes it sound like I'm I'm not giving Get Out enough credit for depth, and I don't want to do that. But it was definitely more on the nose and straightforward. Like it was yes, you knew what it was, uh, and it was great this, at that. Yeah, the movie Us does not hold your hand the same way that. Um, he nope. did and get out. And, and I think, so this is when we talk about layers and, and interpretations. I think this is why I've come to this realization that for me, Jordan Peele is the modern Stanley Kubrick. Like Whoa. Stanley Kubrick, while technically much, much, much more skilled than Jordan Peele, his movies 
His stories had so many layers, so many interpretations, so much more depth than than just what played out on the screen. Um, that he created this, this whole movement that basically uh, worshipped everything that he did. And I think Jordan Peele is on that path. I don't necessarily think that he'll get to the heights that Kubrick did, but, man, well, he I mean, reminds me for, of him. He's two for two. And if he, if he continues yeah. to evolve, I mean, what's great about this is someone that's relatively well, so early in their filmmaking uh, career is able to get the um, the creative autonomy and the power to be able to do these type of 20 and hopefully sooner he, he can do $50 million budgets and still have mm-hmm. final cut and call the shots. I mean, he's clearly showing he's bankable what he does and people, there's a huge desire and a hunger for his content now. I mean, he's doing twilight zone now and exactly. I have no idea how much he's involved in the writing of any of these, but I'm watching all of them because I love twilight zone and I love that he's attached as the kind of voice in the face of it. So anyway, exactly. his brand is, is high right now, but can you name Kubrick's first two, uh, Full fe- yeah. feature-length films. I have his IMD pulled up. I want to challenge you. This is your favorite filmmaker. so Yeah, yeah. So his uh, it depends what you mean by feature. So he did um, a movie called Killer's Kiss. That's his second. Um, and before that was... Uh, so he directed... Either of these. So he, direct- he technically directed Spartacus. Yeah, that's, um, uh, that's later. That's two movies later. Yeah, so that was his first big blockbuster. I've never so even killers, heard this one. Um, I can't think of the name of it at the moment. Fear and Desire. Fear and Desire. Yes, Fear and Desire. Did you fear see and it? Desire is brilliant. It's incredible oh, okay. movie. It's about World War One, and it's Gregory oh, wow. Peck. Oh. And uh, Gregory Peck. Oh, not not Gregory Peck. Uh, uh, Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow, Kirk Douglas. Wow. He's awesome. Kirk. Give Kirk me Douglas Atticus Finch. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, no, it's yeah. Kirk Douglas, and wow. uh, so he—that's right. So Kubrick directed him in that one, and then Kirk Douglas went on to make Spartacus, and he hated the director, so he kicked him off the set. Well, he didn't. He, he only brought in so Kubrick. he he directed but did not write Fear and Desire. He wrote and directed Killers Kit. Uh, Killers. Yes. Kit. Yeah. So Killers Kiss is very small budget. It's a very mm-hmm. very small budget. And then he wrote and directed uh, the uh, the killing. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, w- I was just curious if his two films, if he came out of the gate as strong as Jordan Peele when making that comparison. Like, were his first two, maybe not, they probably weren't cultural no. phenomenons, but were they, su- how successful were they? Uh, it seems like he grew into, uh, you know, obviously become one of the most renowned filmmakers. He definitely did. If not the most. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that his two first two movies are, basically his first two movies are genre movies. Mm-hmm. Um, one's a war movie and then one is... Yeah. Uh, it's so, uh, was it a boxing movie? This film, yeah, because yeah, it goes. Movie. So it goes: The Killing, Paths of Glory, Spartacus, Lolita, and then you hit Doctor Strange Love, Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, A Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, Eyes Wide Shut. Holy cow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! So I mean, we don't know if Jordan Peele is going to be there there at so. the end. But he's two for two. He's two for two. So I can't wait. Whatever he does next, I can't wait. Uh, I, a couple other things about the about us. I did think it was way funnier than I expected. Um, I also, anytime I see Tim Heidecker, even if he's not doing bits, he's just a funny looking person to me. His mannerisms is funny to me. Uh, and it was a his character was just had tattoos all over, which was funny just because Hilarious. they were bad tattoos. Awful. Um, and uh, his character and Elizabeth Moss is. I just thought they were excellent for what they were doing. Um, and while they were friends of the main family that we're following, uh, they clearly represented kind of um, a more higher class well of wealth, and and with that, the types of behaviors and attitudes and action that w- that uh, uh, Jordan is associating with that. It's, I think he's doing a lot of interesting things. We'll put it that way. So as things as these characters are being acted upon, they 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 all handle things a little bit differently. Uh, based on uh, kind of what cloth they're cut from, which I think is great. Um, it's very, very interesting. I think I think it's safe to say is so he tackled race in the first one, in his first movie, yeah. and he does tackle race in the second one, but I think does it's he? more, I would say it's more... Um, I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's part. It's a part of it, but I don't know if... Ta- I mean, he... Uh, it's hard to say that it's not about race because it is about race too. It, it is but it's because also, it's about economic class. It is. It, it is about class more than anything. I think it's, 
and I think uh, there's a lot of theories online, and that's part of the fun. Once you get out of the movie, you've seen it, I'd say go look them all up because there's some really, really good ones. I do think people were expecting it to be way more uh, close to get out on the kind of very, you know, specifically about, uh, you know, about race. And in the case of Get Out, you know, it was that was that you're viewing the film through the eyes of this protagonist and having that experience, which is obviously you know, intertwined with his race and what that's mm-hmm. like to experience that in this specific situation. And I, I really believe people are fully expecting the same thing here. And it wasn't that, not in that way. No. And I think no. that surprised people. This is just about like a, a middle-class American family that's on vacation in Santa Cruz beach boardwalk of all places, a uh, place I grew up going to all the time. Uh, loved seeing it in the movie. Uh, I, even though some of the more terrifying things begin happening on that beach, I couldn't help but being like, ah, the, the dipper, uh, coaster in the backdrop, <laughs> a lot of great memories. Uh, doing all sorts. Did of Did you ever go things. in that fun house, the House of Mirrors? Well, that's the thing. I did. I absolutely did. Um, let's just say um, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't technically have a twin brother, mm. but there is someone that might look a lot like me. That uh, the very raspy voice. Yeah. Let's just say they. Yeah, they're uh, down in the lozenges. Um, <laughs> To just to be able to get some words out, I uh, yeah that fun house. I w- I bet they're gonna build it on the boardwalk because it's gonna it's gonna become like a tourist attraction. Of I bet you anything. Uh, right. They'd be missing up. Um, I mean, because there's be, not uh, there's not any fun houses uh, like on the sand area. Like yeah. there's nothing that there's nothing like that there. But anyway, I just thought it was uh, yeah. I love seeing a piece of Northern California, and of course, uh, nothing will make me love a movie more than doing that. <laughs> a nod to your childhood. Yeah, good thing that that you don't have that problem because every movie that takes place in a Hollywood backlight, you're like, "Home, look at the beautiful." Yeah, universal no, I never. Lot. I never get nostalgic. I see it is everywhere. This, is this it's soundstage nineteen? This is fifteen yeah. minutes away. <laughs> no, that that literally happened in uh, Captain Marvel, the big blockbuster oh, yeah. fight, uh, the blockbuster scene. That's yeah, three minutes away from my house. So yeah. Well, uh, I should give a few thoughts on Shazam. Anything else on Us? No, Us, I just highly recommend it. I think everyone should go see it. It's very, Gosh, very it's good. so good. Yeah. Even though the scissors, I feel like they make a little bit of sense, but it's really more about the marketing. I, I think I'm okay with that. Good imagery. There's I'm a pro there's good a, imagery. There's a good theory about the scissors out there. The, te- the tethering and the, is that what oh, it yeah. is? Yeah. And it makes sense. It makes sense. But yeah. in the movie, it's it's not as, as clear. But No, it's I not as apparent. A lot of things aren't. Mm-hmm. Um. So Shazam, number Tell one. Tell me film about Shazam. So Shazam. I saw a preview screening, which is really interesting because there were no Rotten Tomato scores. I had no idea if this was going to be a hit with critics. I had no idea if it'd be a hit with audiences. I mean, it was a preview screening that we got access to, so of course it was like a full theater, and people were excited and they were buzzing. But it's like going to a movie at Sundance, where it's like you're gonna everyone loves it, and you don't really know if it's still good or not. Uh, but Shazam was something that um well i went in with low expectations because it's dc and because in the trailer this main character that's apparently from some famous tv show i never watched called chuck his voice sounds exactly like Kristen bell's husband dax shepherd and i have listened to enough episodes of his podcast that it was really bothering me that he was just doing dax shepherd voice so i went in kind of like not in the mood right not i wasn't set up for success in loving this film uh and it turns out DC knows how to make a fun superhero movie. Now, I wouldn't say this is like Guardians of the Galaxy fun, but this is like a good, fun, family superhero film. Uh, I should say, there is a caveat there. I I was watching this film for the good, you know, first act or whatever, and I was thinking, I need to recommend this to my sister, right? But my nephew Parker, who's 11, is going to would love this, you know, and maybe Maddox, who's, I don't know, six, whatever. Uh, this would be, really be for them. It definitely is family friendly until it's not. It actually gets like super dark and weirdly violent. And it's just like really like it was bizarre tonally. And then it would get back to the super light and found it. I was just like, oh, this is like a hard PG-13. It's really bizarre. <laughs> uh, I'll, that's all I'll say about that. But it is fun. It is heartwarming. It is a crowd pleaser if there's ever if there's ever one. Uh, it's also a film that you would have abs- you personally, Aaron, would have absolutely yeah. no respect for even a little bit. You would, uh, I think you would detest this film. You would detest its wholesomeness, its attempt to make people feel good. Uh, oh, I can't stand de- that. You would detest um, 
Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I guess people like this actor Zachary Levi. Um, I just for me, it's surprising to see a uh, you know a guy of his age, ethnicity, and gender in a leading role in a superhero film like this. I think that's new. Oh yeah, very rare. So that was it. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not one to let try and let things like that bother me, but it was like kind of glaring the whole time. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> this is interesting. Um, <laughs> this is interesting how uninteresting this is." No, I, honestly, I, I <laughs> think extremely I think typical. I, I, it was the most typical thing. It's a very oh, paint by numbers, formulaic, but it does it well. It's not new. So is it he, doesn't do anything. Is he like Superman or what? what? You know what? Yeah, I guess. It's actually unclear. So he's a little kid or a teenager. Maybe he's like 15, 16 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and he's given uh, basically these powers. He didn't ask for it. Uh, but he's forced into a situation where this energy goes inside of him, which gives him these powers, which also makes him look like this adult who's played by the you know main character, Zachary Levi or Levy. Um, and, uh, it's probably Levi. And it, it's I me. Mean, who knows? Um, he... Uh, he can zap back and forth to the kid or adult, you know, and it's very much like big with Tom Hanks. I was just going to say, it sounds like superhero big. In fact, if (sighs) the plot itself is very clearly just like big. Okay. All right. (laughs) And big wasn't the first one to do this. We got freaky fright. We got, you know, there are other movies that also come since then. This is not a, uh, a new plot, but that didn't stop them from having a scene in the middle of a battle sequence in a mall, in a toy store where he comes across this giant piano on the floor and he runs across it as he's running away. And I, I saw, I almost walked out of the theater. <laughs> I almost walked out of the theater. Even though I was enjoying the movie, I felt so disrespected. I hope Tom Hanks didn't put up with that. I hope he, cause it was just like, guys, we got it. We didn't, you didn't need to do this. You didn't need to do this. I fully expect at that point that we would get a Tom Hanks cameo, um, or the little kid version in Big, grown up now. Like, yeah, maybe he'd he'd come in, but no. It, uh, but anyway, <laughs> I think most. I feel like this is the type of movie that I, I would tell people they're going to enjoy, and there's like a 95 percent chance they're going to like it. It, it is 91 percent certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, audience score of 90 percent. I think it's an A plus cinema score. It's doing great there. Uh, people seem to be really enjoying it, and has just a good time with the box office with a fun superhero movie it's good and for dc it's definitely one of their better films uh i still think the mcu is all around much higher quality i wouldn't compare it to that it's probably not fair to but if you compare it against the other dc stuff and maybe compare it to almost anything else in the theater that's kind of family friendly action adventure type genre yeah i think this is a pretty safe bet so there's my tepid endorsement of shazam (laughs) come at me people who loved it come at me the ending, what? I just, I would love to watch the ending with you, I, mm-hmm. I, because it's so feel goody. Mm. It in a way that you would, I, I could, I just, it'd be like watching you die inside. You know, I, really I would, would actually probably get up and boo. I'd physically boo the movie, if I can yeah. guess. I mean, if I can assume what uh, you're hinting at. But I think it's interesting <sighs> that DC took a character that has like almost zero name recognition, and created a blockbuster out of them so that's that's really interesting and yeah i figured i thought maybe we had some superhero fatigue but it doesn't look like it no no it turns out america is they're not gonna be fatigued and if the amount of time i had to wait in the fandango digital ticket line to get my tickets for endgame yeah america's not gonna be fatigued anytime soon with these things it's so you do have your tickets for endgame then well yeah i do with a caveat aaron and i'm not super proud of it um, Let's hear it. Shannon was a pal and texted us, you know, mm-hmm. the morning of mm-hmm. the, you know, she's an hour ahead in Utah. She's like, Hey, if you want tickets to end game, you might want to jump on it. And I, I rush out of bed. I run into my office room and I jump on a Fandango for the first time. Uh, I get the screen that says you're in line and you know, you have an anticipated wait time. Thankfully it was only three minutes, but I'm like, yeah. Oh, this is, oh boy. That's rare. Which is tricky because you get to pick the theater and the show time. And then you wait in line, and if it's all sold out, you got to pick a different theater in Showtime and wait in line again. Oh my goodness! So of course I pick one, and it's it's completely sold out. And I'm trying so to. You go didn't Thursday open night. up two browsers at once. No, I thought I thought Rookie opening move. up. I thought like maybe I should try the enormous historic IMAX screen in downtown Sacramento. That's one of the 
the few remaining film IMAX, uh, actual true IMAX screens. Uh, the, uh, I'm going to try that one first, right? Because that would be the ideal. And uh, yeah, Hundreds of seats in that theater, too. Hundreds, all taken, yeah. by the way. Wow. So I couldn't find any tickets. And so I started clicking on showtimes that were less desirable and ones that I didn't want. And I really had to make some concessions. It was either concede on the time, don't see it at 7 or 7.30, or on Thursday at all, don't get the reclining seats, mm. or buy tickets to a theater that doesn't have reserved seating, which is a personal hell of mine. Or uh, Especially for a movie like Avengers. Or, uh, or the last option, which is what I ended up doing, was buying it in 3D. <laughs> and uh, I paid extra money to watch a movie that will be a demonstrably worse experience. <laughs> because of it <laughs> paying more money to have a worse experience is uh, not my idea of a good time <laughs> and i convinced myself that like ah, i won't be that bad maybe i could not wear them in the theater and the screen won't be darkened although it certainly will be or maybe the the 3d effects won't be like really overly applied and i could watch them without and no that, that'll be wrong as well ant-man will be entirely <laughs> in fuzzy 3d and uh, I'm pretty bummed out about it, but uh, I, I I go back and forth of whether or not I get a refund and just just wait a few days and, and go. What should I do? I, ma- I, I mean, mean, you got to do it. You got to do it. If that's the only showtime. <sighs> the good news is you can now see Ant-Man in 3D crawl up inside Thanos's butt cheeks and win the Infinity War. Mm. That's the main what's, theory that's going around online. Yeah, I was, well, I was gonna say, what's the over under here on Ant Man and different crevices of Thanos' body bits? Are we here? Seven, six? <laughs> what's this line here? Because give me the over. It's gonna be yeah. so many. <laughs> Is that really a theory? Is that that Ant Man? That's the number one theory. It's the meme that was going around for a long time, but uh, oh yeah, that gosh. is one theory that Ant Man yeah. is gonna crawl inside of Thanos. Of course, of course. And then yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I just saw Chadwick Boseman yesterday. He was trending on Twitter because uh, he was at some event on the red carpet, and someone, of course, was yeah. interviewing him about about Endgame. And they're like, "Oh, excited for Endgame to come out! Like, how much screen time do you have?" And he says, "I'm dead. My character is dead." And like, "Oh, but are you gonna be, you know, in the screen?" And he's like, "I'm dead. My character is dead. That's like, that's it. That's all I'll say. I'm dead." <laughs> like, oh wow. And he's looking in his face, and just like, "I hate that I'm contractually obligated to say this, but I'm dead." Go see the movie and you'll see that I'm not dead, but I'm dead. <laughs> but we have to play this game legally. And they were like, well, what about Black Panther 2? They actually said that. He's like, I'm dead. That's all he keeps saying. I, it was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I hope I would love very, it if some funny. of them don't come back because we know they're coming back somehow. Right. So whatever the the, you know, and I don't, they, they have to do it. They have to do it in the first back. or probably the second act. Right. They're not they can't. They're not going to sideline Tom Holland and Doctor Strange and all these people till the last act of the film. There's no chance. So they're going to come pretty early. But I, I, I would love it if some of them didn't make it back. Or My hope some, is yeah. that it turns into Captain Marvel Part 2. And it's just mm. Captain Marvel, the sequel, already. Mm. We get a well, sequel three, two months later after the She's result. in it. It's like Captain America Civil War, where it's technically a Captain America movie, but it's really another Avengers because they're all in it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's cat. Yeah. It's wow. Okay. I'm ready for it. Okay. Well, did you get to? Yeah, I won't be seeing. I won't be seeing it on the first day. So. Second day. When are we potting? Uh, I mean, I can try to see. No, there's no way I can. No, see I don't. It I don't, I don't yeah. Um. I mean, I'll try to see it Friday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just. And then, uh, if you're if you see Friday it, before, night, if you see it by it. maybe no, just if you see it by Sunday, we'll see it. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. We'll yeah, see we'll it open. Yeah. What am I? What am I doing? What are we? I'm not in a hurry. When have we ever been in a hurry? <laughs> um. All right. Well, we uh, we will save Hotel Mumbai and oh, yeah. Best of Enemies. I keep wanting to say Best of Frenemies, like like it's some <laughs> sort of Blumhouse horror film, <laughs> like unfriended. Spoiler alert: They do end up as frenemies. So. Ooh. Um. Yeah, don't tell me this. Don't spoil it. But uh, I can't imagine Sam Rockwell has uh, a, a, his character has kind of a a turnaround or of a, a rede- redeeming arc. You wouldn't. 
You would never believe it in a million oh years. Yes, but he's. I saw the trailer. He's the head of the K- local chapter of the KKK. There's no coming back from that. He he sure is. He sure okay. is. Okay. Well, we'll this talk is, about uh, that. Like I'll <laughs> I'll just say like right off the bat is this is an amalgamation of three three billboards in Missouri, um, uh-huh. Black Klansman, uh-huh. and Green Book all rolled up into one. So I I wanted to do movie. this. I wanted to do this game where I read a review and and you had to guess if it was a review for Green Book. <laughs> three billboards best of enemy or crash like i just wanted it to be like, oh, that's one brilliant. of these we'll do that know, that's a good bit i yeah. think it'd be hard because each one of them would be like you know some combination of well-intentioned but clumsily you know like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right um we've got to make our christian film whether it's christian horror um or no, if, I, I like Christian horror. Give me the word. You know how Justin Lin came horror. in late to the Fast and the Furious franchise and kind of took it over and made it better, right? With like, you know, he came in with Tokyo Drift and then he, uh, with Fast Five, it really became great. Like he helped lift that franchise, but he wasn't the first director and he sure as heck didn't do Too Fast, Too Furious. I feel like you and I could do that for the unplanned franchise, right? Like it might start, oh. it's obviously doing well, but we come in and we Justin Lin it, right? Like... Like by the fifth. I mean, I, I'm I'm already thinking of it's, my mind is just constantly working, and I'm I already got a title. It's a series of movies. It? It's uh, it's actually Unplanned Parenthood, is what we're oh, going. Oh, a crossover <laughs> with the pa- show Parenthood. Yeah. Oh, no, I okay. love it. No, no, Unplanned Parenthood. Unplanned wow. Parenthood. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say the sequel should be Unplanned colon Plan B, and that would be. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that'd be about a specific product. All right, it's late. How about plan right, no. plan JC, and it's all about Jesus Ooh. Christ. He Ooh. is the plan. Ooh, can we do some sort of uh, rapture pun? Eh. Um, oh <laughs> man, I love this for spitballing. <laughs> this is great. I already we ha- yeah. gosh, there's an idea here, and someone else is going to make the money. All right, uh, <laughs> our uh, the moral of the story: go see us. Um, and if you like feel good. Fun, mostly family-friendly uh, superhero films. Go see Shazam. Uh, if you love white leads, go see Shazam. And um, yeah, that's it. Anything else? That's about it. No, we just got a lot of a lot of movies coming up, so it's going to oh, be yeah. a, a big summer. Avengers, for the brave little podcast. And we're, we'll save Hotel. I have a lot to say about Hotel Mumbai, and oh, I want to yeah. hear more about uh, Best of Frenemies. And so uh, <laughs> we'll save that for for the next pod. I don't know if, uh, if if Infinity or excuse me, Endgame is the next one. Or if there's something else coming out before that will be. I'm sure there's something else. Oh, yeah. We'll find uh, something. All right. Next week. Have a good night. Hold on to your butts. Peace. That's right. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 